Kyrie Irving has been traded. What does that mean for the Boston Celtics in the East? Plus, teams are calling about Grant Williams. No, I know what you're saying, but no, they should not trade him. And yeah, I'll talk about that loss to Phoenix as well. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown's 18. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O'B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you are a subscriber, so make sure you are subscribed so you can get this podcast whenever it drops. You can also subscribe to the show on YouTube. Lots of people have done that, almost 10,000. I'd love to get to the 10,000 mark soon, so we love round numbers. I'd love to get to that, that milestone so please subscribe there as well. Lots of people in the in the comments talking about the podcast, obviously talking about the game. Join the community. Uh, I do thank you for making this your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, a former professional basketball player. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And I got one more thing that I'm doing. I, on February 21st, will be moderating a discussion with Kendrick Perkins about his new book, The Education of Kendrick Perkins. It'll be me. It'll be Perk. It'll be at the Armory in Somerville. So get your tickets. Go to uh, the Armory uh, at, in Somerville uh, website. Just Google that, and you can find the tickets there. Grab yourself a ticket. Listen to me and Perk. Have a little conversation, and you'll get to ask qu- uh, questions in a Q&A as well. So it's going to be a fun thing. That's on February 21st. So make sure you get your tickets there. That's going to be a fun night. Later on, I will talk about the Celtics' loss to the Phoenix Suns, and really, that could have gone the same way as the Brooklyn game, but the Celtics just didn't put in the work to get that done. I'll talk about that later on. Second segment, teams are calling about Grant Williams. There are Grant Williams trade rumors, or at least the rumors that teams are calling. I don't think that's really a rumor. Does that count as a rumor? Reports that teams are calling. What should the Celtics do? I mean, you heard me say it already. Plus, also, this is a key stretch coming up, but let's talk about the Kyrie Irving trade first. That's the big news in the NBA right now. It directly affects the Celtics because it directly affects a a Celtics competitor. The the Brooklyn Nets are, uh, well, without, without Kevin Durant, they have been struggling a bit, but they are still fourth in the East and a threat. Any team that's up there can be a threat, Uh, but now losing Kyrie Irving, but getting Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, and who knows what else, uh, how how does that impact the Celtics? I I am not the biggest Kyrie Irving fan. I find the guy fascinating, and I think off the court, uh, as far as his charitable endeavors have gone, he's proven himself to, to be focused on a lot of the right things. He had that controversy with the anti-Semitic film, which was horrible. And the way he handled that was horrible. And I I don't think he's anti-Semitic, but the way he handled that really makes, makes it hard for me to actually come to that conclusion. But that, that's a long story. Um, 
I think anti-Semitism, just as a side note, has been uh, a little too rampant and a little too washed over uh, as far as things that, that are going on in the world today. Um, so I don't want to minimize the impact of what he did and what he shared and his, what he, how he handled that, uh, that shouldn't ha- have happened. That movie shouldn't even exist, uh, and be available, but that notwithstanding, I think generally Kyrie has shown himself to have, uh, off the court with his charitable stuff, uh, a pretty good kind of sense of helping community. But on the court, he's just been uh, untrustworthy. And so I'm not his biggest fan. Uh, I think, and it has nothing to do with him leaving Boston or the way he left Boston. I just don't, as as a, I just come at it from, and this is why I like Marcus Smart so much. I come at it from when I was playing basketball. The first thing I think of when I look at a player is, would I have wanted this guy on my team? Is this a guy I would have liked to have played with? Marcus Smart, I would go, to war with Marcus Smart on the basketball court 10 days, you know, every single day, plus twice a day, some days, you know what I mean? Like just that's the type of guy I want by my side. Kyrie. I don't want him in the locker room. I don't want him around. I don't like the way his impact, uh, the way he impacts a locker room, the way he just disappears for a while, the way he continues to put himself ahead of the team. Don't like that. So no, no matter what his talent, and it's a high talent, I don't want him on my team. I don't want him around my team. So my first thought out of this is, good luck, Dallas, because that's not going to go well. What Dallas gave up in Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, assuming that Kevin Durant comes back and is healthy and is motivated and is bought in for the rest of the year, Assuming that that's the case, I still don't see that drop-off being as significant. Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously not a Kyrie Irving as far as talent, but he moves the ball, he can score on his own, he can hit three-pointers at a pretty high rate. So you're you're going to get some scoring from him. He came over from, from Brooklyn, he went Brooklyn to Washington to, to Dallas, but he he's aware of he's familiar with that part of town. He he's played there for a while, so he can slide right in, play next to Kevin Durant. Dorian Finney-Smith gives them a defender, a versatile defender, a guy that you can count on. Uh, so I think that if if the reports are true, that they're going to take some of the picks that came over from the the Dallas trade, and they're going to try to flip it around and and maybe acquire somebody to continue adding to this team. If they are buyers, this looks like it might be a seller type of thing, but they're actually, if they consider themselves buyers, then they could add another player. Hell, maybe they could add two over the course of the next few days. Trade deadline is the ninth. It's possible that Brooklyn can kind of retool their team around Kevin Durant, give him the exact type of tools that he needs, maybe something that can build with Ben Simmons and unlock something with Ben Simmons. Maybe Kyrie going away can can unlock something with Ben Simmons. I'm not ruling the Nets out completely. I think they have, with the way things are shaping up now, I think they are 
as the fourth seed in that tier of not quite the Celtics, not quite the Bucks, not quite Philly. They've taken a step back from that group. They were trying to challenge that group. I think they stay below that group. But don't sleep on Brooklyn. I'm not trying to quote the Beastie Boys. Don't sleep on Brooklyn as a playoff threat. I don't think they're going to dip into the play-in. I don't think they're going to crater. That all obviously depends on Kevin Durant being, you know, like I said, bought in, healthy, all of that. So I don't see it as a big step back for Brooklyn. I think they can recover from this um, and, and, and build themselves a team that uh, has the potential to be dangerous. Now, I don't know what's going to happen over the summer. This very well could be a one-and-done one situation in the playoffs. Maybe they lose in the second round at best. I don't think they're going to get past the second round. And maybe that's enough for, Ky- for, for KD to say, I'm done too. I'm out. I'm actually, actually trade me now. And, and that might be the end of it. But I'm not ruling them out now. Final note on Dallas. You're screwed. This is not going to work out well. This is a terrible backcourt uh, pairing. This is not the guy you want next to Luka. Defensively, this is going to be a terrible combination. It's going to put a ton of pressure on your bigs. You don't have the type of defensive bigs back there to make up for any of this. And if you go out there with those two and Christian Wood, you're going to give up uh, a ton of points, and it's going to be a disaster. I think this was a terrible move for the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think it's going to work out. Uh, they are just going to regret this, I think. And it might just be a rental, and they might just have to figure something out. And maybe they'll have cap space over the summer, and it won't be as bad as I think. But this is not going to go as well as they think it's going to go. That's all I got to say about that. I think it's a bad move for the Dallas Mavericks. Trade rumors involving Grant Williams. That is coming up next. First, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is going to give you daily fantasy sports, which we all love to play some daily fantasy sports, but without the competition against a bunch of, you know, stacked competition, uh, people with high-powered computers, algorithms, everybody hates that. So what Price Picks does, it's just you and it's the projections. You just go against the projections. You pick two to six players and above the projection, below the projection, get them right. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. They offer projections on any, any, any sport you watch. Like, I'm not kidding. Go to Price Picks. You can look across the top of the screen there. It's international sports all the major pro sports obviously all the major college sports men and women WNBA esports boxing disc golf and cricket it's all there 60 seconds or less all your entries are in when you win safe and fast withdrawals and it's currently operational in over 30 states in Canada so go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com play daily fantasy sports first time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, you got to use a promo code locked on. Your first deposit, if it's $100, PricePix gives you $100. Pretty simple how that works. Deposit 50, PricePix gives you 50. It has to be, though, with the promo code locked on. You put that in at sign up, and you can get an instant deposit match 
of up to $100. Well, we know with the Kyrie Irving trade, the trade deadline is right around the corner. Locked On has you covered Thursday, February 9th. Tune into Locked On NBA on YouTube at 2 p.m. to hear reaction from the trades that will change the rest of the NBA season. Who becomes contenders? Who is tanking for a better future? Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube. Don't miss a deal. The deal on that show should not include Grant Williams because I don't think the Celtics should trade him. Uh, but there are reports out there, multiple multiple reports out there that teams are calling about Grant Williams. Fine. Uh, I think the Celtics are in a spot where uh, they shouldn't mess with their core, but I understand why teams are, are calling around. I'm sure there's some level of, uh, you know, he, he's been a little up and down. His contract is up uh, after the season as a restricted free agent. And there are teams who will rightly wonder, hey, do the Celtics want to re-sign this guy? Call up Brad Stevens. Hey, are you going to re-sign Grant Williams or what? Because if you're not, we don't have the cap space to make him an offer, but we'll give you a trade to bring him in now. And they don't want to do a sign-in trade later on because that will uh, that will hard cap them. If you do a sign and trade in the offseason, it hard caps you for the upcoming season, the receiving team. So pick a contender. Pick a contender over the cap you know, in the West that we'll just say Denver or whomever. They're, they're going to say pick whatever team you want. That's, I'm not reporting that. They're going to call and say, hey, well, we can't give Grant what he's asking for in free agency. We don't want to sign and trade for him because hard capping us will, will limit us in the future. This is our opportunity right now to call you up and say, hey, we like Grant Williams. If you're not going to resign him, let's we're willing to pay him. Let's Let's work something out here where we can give you some good compensation for him. And maybe we can work something out. Will that give the Celtics what they're looking for? I doubt it. I think first thing in any sort of Grant Williams trade discussion, and even if you're one of the people who is sitting there saying, yeah, no, let's do it. We should because he's, he's struggling right now. I don't think that this is the move to, to just say, oh, well, he's struggling. Let's, let's just move him and get somebody else in. That's, I, I don't, I don't think that that's going to go the way you think it'll go. Trading Grant Williams now just to trade him, just to say, well, I don't like him. Let's get another guy in here. You're, you're taking away, first of all, a guy who gets it, who understands what the Celtics are trying to accomplish, who's been working with these players, this coaching staff for years now and kind of gets the role. And I, I think you throw in another guy who is going to try to learn on the fly that you might get in a trade for Grant Williams. You got to remember, he's still on his rookie deal. So you're not trading for big, big money guys. You're trading for guys. He's still on his rookie deal. So you're trading for low salary guys. And if you're going to bring in a big salary guy, then you have to send out more salary. So it's not as easy as trade Grant for 
pick whatever player you're saying out loud to yourself right now. Grant for that guy, unless he makes like four or five million dollars, it's not going to be feasible. Now, now you're going to start building out deals. The Celtics don't want another team's draft picks. That doesn't help them. I mean, maybe you could say, hey, give us a couple of firsts and the Celtics turn around and trade those firsts in other deals. Sure, I'm not going to say that's not helpful, but it's not accomplishing what the Celtics want to accomplish. Who are you freeing up time for? If you trade away Grant Williams, who are you freeing up time for? Blake Griffin? No. You're not. And I know people are going to say, well, no, go, go, go get Jared Vanderbilt. Go get Nas Reed. Okay. Is it that simple? Can the Celtics go get that guy? I don't think it's that simple. Because that team's going to have to want to trade that guy to you. The Lakers, for example, wanted Kyrie. Offered two first-round picks unprotected. And the, the Nets said, no, 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 no. We're not sending Kyrie to the place he wants to go. That's a side. That's a, just an aside to that story, by the way. Joe Sy said, no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're sending you to a place you don't want to go. Enjoy that. It's the opposite of uh, doing a guy a favor. They're like, no, you know, we know you want to go to L.A. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to trade you there so you can go win a championship. No, 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 no. So a team has to want to trade the guy you're talking about to the Celtics. And if you trade away Grant Williams, they, they might say, hey, yeah, no, we'll trade to Jared Vanderbilt for Grant Williams. Like, no, no, the other team wanted Grant Williams, so we're going to trade him to him, trade him to them. We want your good guy. They'd be like, no, <laughs> no we, we want Grant back. So it's complicated. I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be worked out like that. And secondly, I just don't think that that's a, a direct upgrade. It's just not. Grant is good. He's having a, a bad stretch, but Grant is good. It wasn't too long ago where I was railing against the notion where people were saying, oh, every time Grant had a good game, oh, his price is going up. That was just like a few weeks ago. Remember, he did have that shoulder subluxation. It's not on the injury report, but that, that shoulder popped out a joint and he popped it back in. So there might be a little bit of a stretch here where he's not saying anything and it's not going on the injury report, but he might be dealing with a shoulder issue. So keep that in mind. So I don't think the Celtics should trade Grant. If they do trade Grant, it's because him plus other players equals a really good player. It's Grant as the, hey, he's really good, even though he's not making a lot of money. We'll package him and Pritchard and Delanello Gallinari if the team has the space to take that guy and give us your guy and whatever, maybe maybe take a, a side, you know, a, a, a throw in to make the spots work and salary work. But that's the type of trade where Grant might come in useful. But I just don't think, I don't think the way teams are calling Boston, I don't think that's going to come to fruition. They're going to need Grant though, because they are coming up on a very critical stretch here. Milwaukee is only a game behind the Celtics. Philly is only two and a half games back. And the Celtics' upcoming schedule, they have Detroit Monday night. They play Philly on Wednesday. That's a, that's a huge game. Friday at home against Charlotte. 
Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. game against Memphis. Then Tuesday at Milwaukee, and they finish in the back-to-back against Detroit. This is not the time for the Celtics to be saying, eh, you know, we're just kind of cruising along, not a problem. No, this is the time for the Celtics to say, okay, we're, we're looking at Milwaukee, possibly, possibly catching up to the Celtics and passing them by the all-star break and heading into the post-break schedule in second or third. What if the Celtics end up in third? That, I think, will be a disaster scenario. The Celtics need to look at this upcoming schedule and say, six games, Detroit twice, and Charlotte are three games you should win. Do not mess around against Detroit twice and Charlotte. Don't do it because the standings are right there. You could fall behind. You got to beat Philly. You got to beat Milwaukee. You got to put some distance, but you have it in your control. Beat those two teams. Put some distance between you and those teams. Take care of business against these other teams. The Celtics should go into this all-star break. Five and one, six and oh, can't be four and two, can't be three and three. That's going to be a little bit of a disappointment. The only way that's going to be not a disappointment is if they include wins over Philly and Milwaukee. If you beat Philly, you beat Milwaukee, and you beat one of these other teams, and it's three and three, not great, but at least you let that slide a little bit because you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. But four and two, but it has to include those two wins. Five and one, six and oh, now we're talking. Got to go out there and take care of business. This is a big time. Just like I say, Clutch baskets don't always have to come at the end of the fourth quarter. Think of it at that, like that. This is a mid-early third quarter run for the Celtics or end of first half run for the Celtics where go on this run, establish your dominance again, head into the break, take your vacation, come back, get ready for the stretch run. Got to take care of business. Don't do what you did against Phoenix. Don't do that. I'll talk about what they did against Phoenix next. First, today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is delicious. It's full of protein, low calories, low sugar, covered in chocolate. I am trying to get back into some better shape. I don't think I can ever get back into playing shape, but as close to it as as I can. And I'm going to do it with the help of Built Bar because... It's like dangling a little carrot in front of me, except I'm dangling a little built bar in front of me where I go through my workout and I know at the end I get that reward. It's 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, and I get flavors like churro or peanut butter brownie or coconut almond. That is a hell of a treat for a post-workout. It's a reward, but it doesn't blow out the cardio that you just did. It helps you build the muscle with the weights you just lifted. Or... If you're just looking to lose a few pounds and you want a meal replacement, or if you want a snack that's delicious, that's not a candy bar, perfect. You can go to built.com, use the promo code locked on 15, locked on 15 at built.com to stock up as many boxes as you want uh, and get 15% off. You can also now head on into Walmart. Four bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. It's there in the pharmacy section at Walmart. Or Sam's Club, 
run on in. 13-bar box with the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. It's there at Sam's Club. You can buy them now out in the wild, or you can buy them online. Either way, you are going to want to get yourself a Bilt Bar. Celtics lost to the Phoenix Suns 106-94 on Friday night. And uh, after the game, I, I would have normally done a bonus podcast to talk about the game. But you know what? It was it was like seven degrees out. Uh, actually, no. Friday night when I left, it was like minus eight. I got into my car and said minus eight. It was so cold. It was cold in the arena. Uh, after that loss, I know nobody around wanted to hear anything about that. So I said, you know what? I'm going to save myself my sanity. I'll just talk about this on the Monday podcast and only do it for one segment because who wants to hear? You probably have already tuned out. I'm probably talking to nobody. If you're listening right now and still like wondering, hey, what, what do you think about the Phoenix game? Congratulations on being a lunatic diehard fan. That is crazy. Uh, love you for it. Love you for it. Thank you so much <laughs> because honestly, I see the numbers after losses, and they're nowhere near the numbers after wins. You can probably see it. The YouTube counts are there. If you're watching on YouTube, podcast percentages are about the same. You can see the the, the ups and downs and ebbs and flows, and I just knew that it wasn't going to be worth it to do the post-game pod there because the Celtics looked kind of blah in this game. and. Uh, this was a situation coming off of that Brooklyn game where everything just everything was going well. They did everything right against Brooklyn and against Phoenix. The first quarter started to look a lot like this, the first quarter against Brooklyn. They were getting the missed shots. They were getting the opportunities. They just didn't do the same thing with those opportunities against Brooklyn. Brooklyn missed 10 of their first 11 shots. Celtics followed those 10, uh, 10 of those 11 shots. Celtics followed that by going dunk, layup, three-pointer, put back, layup, three, dunk, put back, three, three, and they got 27 points. Against Phoenix, Phoenix missed nine of their first 11 shots. So they made one more out of their first 11. And it was actually the last two because they went 0 for, they went 0 for 9, and then they hit two shots. But I want to cut it off at that 11. Celtics missed three-pointer, missed three-pointer, missed three-pointer, missed three-pointer, missed layup, made a mid-range jumper, missed jumper, missed layup. So where in the first, against the Brooklyn, they went dunk, layup, Jalen Brown's pull-up three-pointer, put-back layup. The Celtics went missed three, missed three, missed three, missed three against the Suns. That right there, that's the game. Against Brooklyn, they were up 27 to 4. Against Phoenix, 7 to 4. There's a 2 there that's missing. That 2 is the effort. That 2 representing the 20 points that they could have had is the effort. The hey, yeah, we are going to get to the rim. Now, I will give the Celtics a break. They're not they shouldn't have gone up 27 to 4. It's preposterous to say they would have been up 27 to four, but that effort that got them the 20 points against Brooklyn could have gotten them more than seven points. You can't fault me there for saying that against Phoenix. If they had put in the work and attacked 
and at least worked to break down that defense, they could have gotten better shots and been up by more than seven to four. Phoenix has much better defenders than Brooklyn. So they switched a lot with better defenders. They had Aiton in the back, and that's the exact type of defense where the Celtics say, hey, we're not going to go through that. We're just going to, we're going to see if we can shoot over the top of this. The Celtics have to get that work done, man. They have to look at that situation. They have to look at that defense and say, we are going to try to penetrate. We are going to try to bend that defense. Yeah, you can switch. Well, we're going to start slipping screens. We're going to start running some actions where we're slipping screens and we're ghosting screens. And we're going to try to catch you switching and try to create a mismatch. And then when you draw DeAndre Ayton, have some cutters come from the baseline. So when he steps up, somebody's going behind him. Do something. Work at it. But it feels like they kind of went, yeah, we proved our point against Brooklyn. So we're just going to chill out against Phoenix. We proved what we're supposed to prove against Brooklyn. And that was an ESPN game, and they went out there and demolished the Nets. Against Phoenix, given the same opportunity, they said, eh, we did that already. You know what we can do? So let's see if we can just shoot some threes, and if the threes start falling, we look great, and we'll win the game. If they don't, we'll try to turn it on later. But you see it a million times in the league, in basketball in general. You come out and you're not playing the right way. Come out and you're messing around and you're not working to get the right three-pointers. And then later on you say, okay, we're going to take it seriously now. And when you start taking it seriously and the shots don't fall, you go, oh, what do you mean they're not falling? The frustration sets in. They made a big run in the third quarter, but they couldn't get the shots that they needed to fall. Five opportunities, five opportunities in the third quarter to tie or take a lead. Two turnovers, three missed shots in that game. You can't miss out on five chances to tie or take a lead. That was a classic example of a game where if the team had tied or taken the lead, they would have, uh, they, they could have pulled away and won by 15. Guarantee that. I obviously have no way of proving it. But we've seen it time and time again. The game where you fight back, you fight back, you're kind of on the cusp. And Al Horford said the exact same thing after the game. If they had just taken that lead in the third quarter, you could feel the momentum. That's a very momentum-based thing where Phoenix was missing and the Celtics had their chances. And if they had just broken through, you could feel Phoenix start to fall apart. But no, Celtics couldn't do it. Because they messed around too much early on. And when they needed to find those shots, it just wasn't there. I don't actually believe in superstitions and the basketball gods, but I do love saying it this way. The basketball gods punished the Celtics because you didn't deserve, they didn't deserve that. They didn't deserve to be able to suddenly hit shots. They didn't deserve it. They got what they deserved. Every time they had an opportunity to go up, they missed. And then the Suns, credit to them, ran piled up a couple of points, piled up little runs, put their distance ahead of them. Jalen Brown was the only guy that really came to play uh, on offense. But even he was making mistakes, and he ended up with a not great shooting night. Tatum, 3 of 15, 3 of 10 from 3, only five two-point attempts. He did get to the line 12 times. But those weren't all going to the rim. 
we have to make sure that we we don't just look at free throws and say, oh, well, 12 free, throw, 12 free throws. He was just being aggressive. Th there were plenty of penalty free throws. They, so he, it wasn't all just getting to the rim. It wasn't like he got to the rim six other times. He probably got to the rim like three other times and then got some penalty free throws out of it. So it's it just was a bad game. It was a poor, poor effort, poor mentality going into the game, which is disappointing. It's just disappointing. It's not that I'm mad. It's the classic, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed type of game. Because after that, that Brooklyn game, you thought, hey, maybe they'll they'll go on a little bit of a, you know, they'll they'll understand that, hey, put in that effort. Just put in that effort right at the beginning. And you can rest in the fourth quarter. This is an opportunity to get fourth quarter rests. You don't have to go out there and and mess around. But no, there's Jalen Brown playing 39 minutes and Jason Tatum playing 38 minutes. Could have played 30, could have played 31, 32, but nope. Got to mess around and try to win it late. I understand the league, uh, you know, the schedule is long and you get tired, but got to find it. Got to find that level. Got to find it. Can't let Jock Landale kill you. I mean, Jock Landale killed the Celtics for stretches. You cannot let that happen. Jock Landale. That name is made up. Can't let that happen. Celtics, I mean, it's just a missed opportunity. Like I said before, can't have these missed opportunities moving forward. And it starts against Detroit. Cannot go into Detroit Monday night here and let the Pistons feel like they have a chance. You got to get on them early. You got to put this game away early and give yourself a chance to rest up for a big game against Philly on Wednesday. That is a huge game. That's going to mean a lot in the standings, not just current standings, but, you know, tiebreakers and, and all of that. Like there's, there is real, there are real stakes for this game on Wednesday night. Don't overlook Monday night because of how important Wednesday it is. Wednesday night is go out there Monday night and, and take care of business, please. Thank you for listening, for watching. Hope you've enjoyed this show. Three very distinct topics. But uh, I'll be back after the Detroit Pistons game with a post-game podcast there. So make sure you're subscribed whenever that show drops. You get it directly to your device. You can watch the show on YouTube. Bring the bell there so you'll know when, exactly when I drop the videos. Thanks to everybody who comments right away. Love that there are people doing that. Hop in the comments there. It's a really good, growing community of people who are talking about the Celtics, reacting to the podcast and all that. So do that. And if you are a subscriber... I'd love it if you shared the podcast and told everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.